Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of the uh, Butter Pie Podcast. I'm your host Oliver. I'm here with the same lineup as the first episode with Dan, Adam, and Tom. Say hello, boys. Hello. Hi. And we're also joined today by Kyle. Hello. Um, this episode is called "Mauled by the Hierarchy." Um, we'll get on to the hierarchy in the second part of this episode. But first of all, we are going to start off with a bit of positivity about the club. Um, let's talk about the fan zone, boys. What do we mm-hmm. think? Decent. Only two years too late. <laughs> Enjoyed it, be, though. It was good. This is meant to be positivity. Two years too late. Well, There's no positivity <laughs> in that. It's the facts of it, isn't it? We promised it two years ago. And it took two years to put up a marquee, basically. <laughs> They've done it now, haven't they? they it was... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it made... It built the atmosphere up a bit before the game. I oh, saw, yeah. like, the band on and stuff. It seemed like it was... Uh, Everyone was getting up for it, yeah. I think we should go to Kyle first. Uh, Kyle, what were it like? Well, yeah, I got I got there quite early, to be fair, and um, the band was good throughout the whole thing. Um, drinks were a bit expensive for what it were, but was it actually six fifty yeah. a pint, by the way? No, that was um, that was a bit of a lie. I think it was mainly three pound fifty for the drinks, but it's not too, it's not too when they're when they're being poured from about a foot in the air and there's a head. <laughs> on it and it's not not the not the greatest, but you know. Well, you did get spotted by the uh, Preston North End official Instagram, so if you are willing to go on Instagram, uh, you will see a lovely Kyle in one of the photos yeah. featuring the uh, the girlfriend and my mate, obviously. But yeah. But yeah, I, I have to agree. It was, it, it was good to be able to have have something there. I did think the stadium announcer was very good as well. Uh, Sweet Caroline was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was. I thought that as well. He was like saying, going to the individual stands and saying, like, "Are you ready?" Like getting everyone to cheer the middle of the game. Went went Sir Tom Finney did not make a single. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hear you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I did enjoy uh, a couple of the fans singing We're the One and Only North End, trying to mask over Sweet Caroline, probably the most catchy song in all of history. That's a crime, that, sure. <laughs> honestly. Any police on you, you. Honestly, I, I'd, I'd have sent the police there myself, to be fair. <laughs> Need them arresting. Um, but I thought it was brilliant. I thought the galley reception was absolutely superb. Yeah, he got yeah. the send off he deserved, really. It was really nice, wasn't it? Just to give him coming. that recognition mm. that he deserves, definitely. And then there was the game. <laughs> First ten minutes were good. Well, there's the positivity ended anyway. <laughs> um, we started off well, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good start. Reese getting his goal. You know, we've all said that if he gets a goal and gets a bit of a run of games, he can be a threat in this league. And he got that goal, and it just never really quite happened for him after that, did it? Really, he yeah. didn't really get a foothold on the game. And no. can I just add, boys? Um, going back to predictions, I think I was the only one who predicted a P and A loss. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, less said about my predictions, the better. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got a naughty telling off for predicting PE to finish six. So, I mean, you has your prediction changed? Has your prediction changed, Adam? No. I think you're off. I think you've game... just got to swallow your pride, lad. No, I think our game, it, it were a bit blown out of proportion. I know we were pretty shit, but like, realistically, we went in 1 1. They were an okay half. I didn't think we were particularly good. I didn't think they were particularly good. However, when that second goal went in for us, it just took the wind out of ourselves. And after that, mm-hmm. we just lost our heads. But it, until yeah. the second goal, which was a fluky goal, let's make oh, that clear. Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we deserved that second goal either. But I don't, I don't I, think that's. I, like... I don't. I don't think uh, we played as bad as people are making out. No, I do. I do. I, no. think I think I think we're absolutely horrendous. We were second to every single ball. We sat from the ten-minute mark outside the edge of our box and invited pressure every yeah. single time. Every second ball that was cleared went straight to an orange shirt. That the thing that stood out to me was that Whiteman got the ball on the edge of the box and he kicked it out of play. Oh man, what is that about? Fuming. I was not impressed with him Saturday. I was fuming. He was probably one of the three worst players on the pitch, in my opinion, Whiteman. 
I think the uh, midfielders were horrendous. All of them, all of them were, all Johnson, of them when he came on, Johnson was the only player that actually followed he, decent. He's he himself on. a start at Reading for me. That yeah. cameo. He was the only one looking to play forward. That's the thing. He was the only one looking to pick out the attackers, yeah. making runs. And he's the only one looking to create any chances. That's I do difference. actually want to talk about Ledson as well. Yeah, what is he trying can. to do with them Hollywood balls? Um, but like, I, I understand he was the, I understand he's player of the year, but you could just see him dropping back. It like he, he, he's watching yeah. too much of Gallagher dropping back and trying to launch a Hollywood ball over the top. Yeah, I said the exact same thing. I remember Gallagher last year. All he wanted to do because he couldn't move, he was probably on stilts by that point. All he wanted to do was get in between the centre half and one of the fullbacks. Let mm-hmm. the fullback push up, and he just drop in that little gap, and he just yeah. spray passes everywhere, which is okay when you are Gallagher and you can do them passes. But Ledson, although he can, he has that in his locker. On Saturday, he just weren't working, and he, he, he just didn't have his range, game. did he? It's not no, he not his game. He was gash on the Saturday, but yeah. I tried to kill Malik Wilkes, just dives into his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, res- I do respect him for that, though. To be fair. Yeah, I, I I was saying to myself that's a red card all day long. I thought I I think he should have gotten sent on yeah, slide or bases aside. Total head loss. Total head loss. It, it's happened. It, it was also um, a ball came over the top and he went up and for it. it. How high was his foot to that Josh Emmanuel? Oh, I remember that. And then he got caught out. I remember thinking straight after that he we went for it and it were one of those where it were a bit borderline and he went for it. And then he didn't get it, and he just fucking walked back. He didn't even bother like sprinting back. You know, if you're caught on the halfway line, you fucking sprint back. You don't fucking stand there twiddling your thumbs for ten minutes. You get on your back and you get back. I respect Ledson. I I I think he was brilliant last season, but I think the head loss gets to him. Like that Mm -hmm. fourth goal, if you watch it back. That's disgusting. He's just standing there, just standing standing there. You see Tommy. Back heel it, and then there's Andy Cannon. Andy Cannon runs straight by him. Yeah. Let him just there, and he's watching all the defenders. He doesn't do I anything. I think we've gone over too much the fact that we've let Tom Eves sprint in behind our defence, mm-hmm. back heel a ball. Oh, that is criminal. On a, how can you let Tom Eves do that? It's we made the whole team look like world beaters. We made Louis Coyle, what was it, Louis Coyle, their yeah, yeah. right back. Right. Made made him look like Roberto Carlos. Some of the balls he was playing. Yeah. Some of the balls he was playing was unbelievable. I do rate that Josh Emmanuel though. I think he's a brilliant Mm. player. And he was out of position there as well. He's not even a he's not even a left back and he was just he looked so comfortable. He looked him and him and Keen Lewis Potter down that side. They were running the show. I've I've got a few stats about Lewis Potter actually. Um, he's got zero point five seven expected goals. 0.31 0.31 expected assists, and he scored one and assisted one. Yeah, he just he played us off the even when Sep came on to try and stop that threat, he just didn't really change much for me. I thought still he was just a head and shoulders above anything we had, to be honest. I thought, I thought in the first half when he got his goal, the space between Barkhausen and Story, mm. oh my days, what happens when you play a striker? It's a dream for a winger. He got yeah. 37 touches the entire game. I can't, I don't even think Ched, Emil, or anyone in the final third got that much added together. It's it's disgusting. Like I, I don't know what to say. I thought Ched Evans was poor as well. He reminded I thought me. He was, yeah. I thought he was okay. He worked hard, didn't he? Well, yeah, yeah but he's got he wants, but he's got very limited football and ability. He's a passion merchant. Yeah. Can I just say, a player working hard like Chad Evans, like he runs himself into the ground, that does not make you a good footballer. Thank no. you. Great. That makes him an yeah. athlete, doesn't it? It doesn't make him a good footballer. Makes yeah. him being able to move. But at ball. least he tried, because there's a few on that pitch for us I didn't think put in anywhere near the amount of it. Look at Len Brown for the fourth being goal. one of them, mm. I think. Brown, oh, Brown's another passion merchant. Back towards the game, though, boys. Um, Reese. You got subbed yeah. at half time. Yeah. Terrible deserved, I think. What I will yeah. say is, on the ball after his goal, he did not look. He was losing the ball quite a lot. I, I he agree. Was, yeah, yeah. you've got to keep him on though, because look yeah. at Barky second half getting in behind them at the start of the half. Yeah, if Get we have Barky and Reece there, there yeah. instead of Chad, 
Yeah. And he's got a goal as well. Like you you've just blown his confidence after he's just got his goal to get him up and running and then you're taking him off at half time again. It's just when's it gonna end for him? You need to give you just need to put some belief into him at some point. Did anyone see what Grab the Cannons say today about uh, the tactical switch at half time? You know how we went from five at the back playing five three two and we played four three three in the second half? Yeah. Grant McCann literally said this morning, saying that tactical change is what won them the game. And part yeah. of that tactical change was taking Reese off and taking Cunningham off and going four at the back and putting fucking Seth Van Den Berg a centre off, which fair enough, he played right back last week, uh, last year. But playing him at right back when he's being brought in to play centre off, I, I don't I didn't understand that. Um, no. there, were, there were plenty of questionable. And what was Potts off. coming on for? Like exactly, that was a, that was the that was the worst out of the over subs. I think Reese sh- he should have stayed on. I don't. Or, or bring really. DJ on. Um, in that position, yeah, mm-hmm. DJ yeah. in that in that ten role Possibly. would have been miles better. It was yeah. a diamond, weren't it, boys? It was a diamond with Potts in the ten. Yeah. yeah. It was a really bizarre. I just thought we looked a bit like like headless chickens in that formation. That wasn't an Alex Neal substitution bringing pots on there. It's such a yeah. weird sub. It doesn't make any sense. Like you can tell who he's learned that from. Just wondering, boys. Um, after seeing us in the second half, mm-hmm. can you see why Frankie plays a five back? Yeah, yes. oh, yeah. Because yes. I think our defense was good in the first half when it was five at the back. Lindsay, he was winning it. Yeah, we story look, looked decent. Did they have any chances really other than the goal? Like, we looked pretty decent enough in defence, and I think we've shown that our defenders aren't good enough to play in a back four, are they? They're not good enough. We have to play a back five because what other choice have we got? Because they can't play in a back four. It's simple. It's about recruitment, isn't it? And yeah. uh, we're going to get onto that very soon, actually. Um, but going going back onto Lewis Potter. He's 19-year-old and he's come through uh, the youth system, same as Jared Bowen. Um, he went on loan to Bradford Park Avenue and now he's yeah. now, now, now he's torn, he, he torn us apart. Yeah. So Shutting the town. Why, why? Well, <laughs> he deserved so. to. He deserved rightly to, so. to be fair. Rightly so. He should have had a penalty, I think, actually. Do you think it's time now to look mm-hmm. towards the youth? If we aren't going to sign anyone, is it time mm-hmm. to look towards the youth? I've yeah. been saying that for years. It's not going to happen. Ethan Walker has shown glimpses of... He could... You don't know if he could be like Queen Lewis Potter unless you give him that chance to be like him. And he has... And Rodwell Grant scoring at Wigan and Moeni getting a couple against Bamber Bridge. They're showing the that these... That the, the play, these are players. If They should get the chance at Mansfield. And if they impress, why not start them at Reading? Why not? Right. I mean, if anyone else has anything to say on the game, we could head into part two. Hello and welcome back to the second part of uh, the Butter Pie podcast. Here we go. This is going to be uh, quite a big quite a big segment here, boys. Um, we're going to be talking about the hierarchy and um, specifically um, the start to start it off, we're going to be talking about Peter Ridsdale's interview to BBC Lancashire. Um, he, he talked about uh, getting the event prepared and getting everything ready for the game against Hull. And obviously, as seen on social media, um, the dead bird in the Alan Kelly Town End. I think I think you saw it, Dan. It yeah. was there yeah. eighteen months ago. Yeah. So QPR, QPR at home. Last game, last game with fans on. I remember seeing a dead bird up on like the top, and I was thinking it was a bit funny at the time because it's like, oh, you know, something just got that there, sort yeah. Of thing. And then it was like I posted something about it. Didn't really get much interaction because it's just, yeah, people thought it might have just been a one-off. And then I come back on Saturday, and I just look up and I just see it right there again. Eighteen months later, not even been slightly cleaned or anything. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it's we should be proud of our stadium and how it looks, and we should have come back and felt, you know what, I'm glad to be home. But then when you see stuff like that, it yeah. just makes you feel a bit like it's a bit tin pot, doesn't it, really? Mm. And it wasn't even just like the whole stand, like it was more brown than silver. Like they haven't yeah. even slightly touched it up at all. And like you see, I've seen a, at Wigan, they've been cleaning all the stadiums during the last few months to get ready for fans. They just didn't haven't really changed it, have they? They've not really made it look like it's 
been cleaned and it's just it's just a poor do really. I do have to say also, um it was absolutely levering it down and we're under the uh, roof. I could see it leaking in a few places. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was really bad. I felt it quite a few times on the head. It was like, oh, that I think when fans have forked out the money to support the lads and it's been so long, they should be pu- pulling out all the stops to make it an enjoyable experience. And the football wasn't the most enjoyable thing, but the most, it's really disappointing that stuff like that's allowed to happen when they've had so long to make it right for us. Like, they've had ages. It's poor. I do have to mention also, the highlight of that day was me eating a chicken bolty pie in the, col- in the concourse. That's they, the they were very my entire day. I couldn't even get one. They ran out. What was it? They ran out of pies in the, um, in the Tom Finney. Um, it's just another thing, like... It, it's not a good experience when stuff like that's allowed to happen. It's just, it's just amateur, and it's just show. Mm. It's a little thing, but these little things add up, and it just adds to the, to the apprehension and tension of the fans and the anger, and it, it just doesn't help anything. It's <laughs> slightly off topic. Sorry for jumping in. Uh, it, it is quite a tangent, but a quick story about chicken body pie. My mate who I sit next to on North End, when that first goal went in, he just got it right. And obviously he jumped up and the pie was still in his hand and he forgot it went flying through the air and landed on some poor fucker's chair. So that <laughs> that were that were pretty funny. That light in the day before uh, each highlight. But yeah, highlight. What three pound twenty and all? Coffee yeah, now. just just threw it away. He, I think he only had about two bites out of it, so the, like the filling was. The feeling was like oozing out of there. I could see it flying through the air. Thinking, <laughs> That's a bad dude. That, that is bad. <laughs> Um, but also, um, going on to another statement he made, the end end of May last season, um, obviously fans have complained about communication from the club and he put out a statement mm-hmm. speaking about the entire season. Um, I'm pretty sure he mentioned that the squad was good enough to compete. Yeah. After that showing yeah. today, I'm not sure. I mean, if that's how you're playing against a newly promoted side, then I I just wonder how it's going to happen when you play, like, US Brom, Sheffield United, you know, like, Fulham. We're going to get turned over completely if we play like that. It is pure, isn't it? It is. It's delusional, that's what it is. Like, um, at the end of the day, we've all said it, and he'll he'll send out another of his patronising... whatever, statements, whatever you want to call it, saying how he's all right. But when you've got players of your own club saying in interviews to the public about how the fans were probably thinking they're right about complaining about the lack of spending and bringing in of players. I mean, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror after that and think, well, sometimes just swallow your pride and accept that maybe we haven't got the squad that maybe thought we did and do something about it whilst we can. Otherwise will be the ones in the relegation battle and it'll get to January and they'll panic again and then they'll just go and spe- have to spend more money than they would just have to do now if they wanted to sort it now. I remember that and... last time we spent 750 grand on Stockley at 26 <laughs> from League 2 and 1.5 mil on Pots because it was panic. Yeah, the mood around the club was good though. That's what helped us, I think. We went on beating for a About while. 20 games, didn't we? Exactly. We were around the playoffs around March time. I that Birmingham game with Maguire last minute and Deepdale oh, was, was rocking. That was brilliant, that. I just want to say how how Alex Neal managed to get this squad to the top of the championship after mm-hmm. 16 games is a miracle worker. Mm. <laughs> I honestly think I that... I, I do think that now looking back, I've had my... I've criticised Neil in the past, but you look at it now and you think, was it as bad as we thought? Like, yeah, I think you, it you, was. You, you forget how awful it was last <laughs> season. Oh, it, yeah, you, I think it was bad. If we were on the was, game as well. Was Saturday any better than? It was probably worse than any of the performances on the Neil. Well, that's why we. That is because we brought in his assistant. Yeah, Neil Who's, two point zero. It's postman. Yeah. I like Frankie, and we'll move on to that at some point, but. It's just another thing that Ridsdale's failed us on, I feel. like just We had a chance cheap, to have a new start, option. didn't we? We had a chance to have a bit of a, 
a rebuild and a revolution and it's kind of just ended up being, we didn't have one new player other than, if you want to include Jamie Thomas, we didn't have one new player in the squad on Saturday and then we had the assistant manager from the season before. It's just like, if anything, we've regressed. We don't look like we're in a good shape at all as a football club. Especially when we were promised so much. January's just a trial run, boys. It's just broken promises (laughs) and it has been for... Ever since Ridsdale yeah. came in. What I would say yeah. well is Frank McCann was in the wrong dugout. Yeah. Yeah. He applied for our job, I've heard. And Evans yeah. wouldn't pay for him. He, I think it's about four hundred K, yeah, I've heard that. And at the end, look how they were set up superbly, I thought. And it's another one where you look at it and think, if we wanted a new start and fresh ideas, a young up and coming manager, then go and get the man that you need and that's You've got you can't blame all of that on Ridsdale because it's not him that's going to be paying the compensation. But like you've got to put look point the finger at Hemmings and Ridsdale in that aspect. I will never criticise Frankie. I think he's a top bloke, and I think obviously he's made bad decisions, but he shouldn't be in this position anyway. It shouldn't be up to him to sort all this mess out. And I think that they've just thrown him into the lion's den, really, and expecting him to work miracles and it's just going to end in tears to be honest unless the hierarchy Risdale and Hemmings they've got how long have they got now about three weeks just less than three weeks to go and sort out this window and they can there's still time to to make a good impact in this window but it's going to take both of them looking themselves in the mirror and accepting that it's going to take about seven or eight players leaving and another three or four players because yeah. we, 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 we read the statement because you read the statement that was put out just before he says we think we're a striker short of our recruitment oh. if you saw <laughs> that game on if you saw that game on Saturday and you tell me mm-hmm. that we are only short of a striker then football that's the least of our worries yeah, it's it's the default excuse they've got is like, oh, it's all because we can't afford a striker because they make out as if you've got to spend £400 million to sign a 20-goal a season <laughs> championship striker. Right. But you don't. And it's not that's not even the issue. It's the entire squad. We've got bargain bin defenders. We've got a centre-back who we signed from Stoke, who Stoke fans celebrated when he signed for us. Yeah. Like, actually, that I've tells you all. The, I've actually got the prices of the transfers the, of the squad that started... So we have Ruddy Net, who costs apparently six hundred grand. We have Story for seven hundred and fifty k. Iverson obviously came on; he's on loan, um, so that'll cost us nothing. Lindsay was seventy five k apparently. Andy <laughs> Hughes one hundred and fifty k. Barkhausen one hundred and fifty k. Greg Cunningham was free. Whiteman cost one point five million. Ledson was seven hundred and fifty k. Brown ten k. Ted Evans was free, and then Reese is obviously being paid in instalments for two hundred and fifty k a year. So you look at that; that's barely scraping five million for the entire squad. Yeah, Ridson makes out as if we can't spend two million because then we'll get done by FFP and we'll go down to League Two in two years. What I, w- <laughs> what I would say is. You're buying these players, like you're buying these players like Hughes for 150k and what Greg Cunningham on a free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem cheap, but we're slamming them on like and, eight, nine, ten grand a week. A week. And if you on think about it as well, Greg Cunningham was sold for four million in 2018. We bring in a replacement for 150k in Andrew Hughes, and then three years later, we just bring back Cunningham to replace Cunningham on a free. It's absolutely... Yeah. It's just the whole... No other club in the country works like that. I feel like it's just run abysmally, to be honest, at the minute. Like, how are we accepting this? I, I yeah. really... I think it's a disgrace. Exactly. And then Ridsdale will come out after this and release a statement where he says that he makes no apologies for the club's recruitment tactic and say that if we actually do spend money, you know, we've got to be cautious in case we end up like Bolton and Blackpool. But the ironic thing is, Bolton and Blackpool will be in the Premier League before we are. Yeah, they're, they'll that be is the ironic thing. There. And yeah, he's talking about like financial fair play the other day. Just give me a break, mate. Just you're just making more excuses up, wrapping yourself in knots. 
just to accept the blame, point, stop pointing the finger at other people and just take, take the blame for your own mistakes. And that would be a start with Ridsdale. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, believe, I believe the money put into the club's fine by Hemmings. Like, yeah. I, I, do, I do believe that he signed off money. But mm-hmm. you, see, you see these teams developing like Barnsley and Brentford. Like, they, they, they bought in Neil Morpai for two million and sold him for 30. Yeah, I get that. We, we sold Callum Robinson for 10 million, Hugo yeah. for 10 million. Mm-hmm. And Greg Cunningham for five million, all in the mm-hmm. space of two years. So that's twenty-five million, right? Wasn't Robinson like six million? He was, in a, he was in it around five, ten million money. It was still a decent chunk of money. Yeah. Oh, fine, twenty million. That's fine. So yeah. the replacement for Robinson, just Andre, Andre Green, Andre Green on a loan, and on a loan. Who went back in? Who went back in January because he wasn't good enough after making one Josh Ginelli as well. To yeah, that's appalling. And then you've you know, Louis Malt, Alex Neal. Louis Malt for seven hundred and fifty k or whatever it was from. I think Motherwell. that was unlucky. Though. I think Malt would have been would have yeah, ended up being a very good I'd, sign I'd if we went for injuries. But yeah, um, they also mentioned that we brought in six strikers since Hugill, because obviously we all go back to the saying is we've not replaced Hugill. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the players that he's tried to replace him with? So, Lucas Nemetra, probably yeah. a year too early before he... Developed. I think that's probably one of the ones where you can look back on and say it wasn't the that was a decent that, signing. That's an OK signing. Yeah. But if you look at the rest, we've got mm-hmm. Jaden Stockley. We've got David I... Nugent. <laughs> we've got Chet Evans. Jesus. And we've got Jamie Thomas from Brig. Yeah. And Emil Reese, and then obviously Emil Reese, which is probably a guy that scored two goals last season. Is probably the best signing we've made since Hugo up top, which I think just says mm. more about the recruitment than anything, doesn't it? And it's the way he goes on about like our transfer policy being signing these young players from the leagues below and then sound like mm. selling them on. But that's not we've not done that since like Hugo. Who was the last we did players. that with? Like Robin um, Robinson and Pearson, we were doing that with, and now. We're yeah. signing middle-aged League One, Rafferty, but, Ripley, and it's Stockley. not even for cheap. It's like seven hundred and fifty k. There's no resale value. Like if we yeah. spent that, kept that three-ish million, like pots and stuff, and and then Bayless, the, and Bayless, the one, the one player that we did that summer, we needed a striker, but because the hierarchy saw that they could make a profit, well, they thought they could make a profit on Bayless. They thought, let's forget the striker. Let's go and buy, let's get David Nugent on a free and a two-year deal for 10 grand a week and let's go and buy this young up-and-coming player where we've already had Pearson, Galley, Brown, DJ, all those types of players. And we sign him instead and look how that's worked out. It's and they, just were, they were very poor. smart with the Nugent transfer because they disguised that as a good transfer because they knew it oh, was yeah. the feel-good factor. Yeah. They knew they wouldn't get any stick for that. It's, that was smart and that's the kind of people they are. Yeah, Cunningham's yeah. another. It's just a signing. He played about fifteen games since he'd left, or something stupid like that. And then he he comes in, and everyone's like, "Oh, great to have Greg back." But if you think about it in isolation, as a thirty-year-old guy that can't get in a team in the same league as us, um, is coming in to replace himself three years later, it's really, really poor. <sighs> it's just hard. It's hard to mm. think about, isn't it? It's not just a, It's not just this window. It's been an accumulation of the past two to three years. You ask every single fan, and you can see this team being slowly torn apart. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you... Ben Davis, one of the best centre-halves in the league, mm-hmm. you tell him to the champions of England and replace him... With Liam Lindsay for seventy-five grand, <laughs> it's absolutely. When you put it like that, it just boils my blood to be honest with you. Because the it's it's ha- we're being asset stripped. We really are, and it's happened with so many players now. Robinson left at a good age, and we we got in as, as first of all Green and Ginelli, and then later on we got Sinclair, who was in his thirties, and it's just another player on big wages that has no resale value. And then it's not helping Hemmings. And if he wants to make some money, then 
don't don't have Ridsdale as your advisor because he's clearly not very good at advising, is he? Yeah. Just want to ask, boys. So we've been asset strips. How many mm-hmm. assets do we have left? I'd say we'd be lucky to get two or three that would go yeah, for over a million pounds. White Man Whiteman Ledson, the only one. Reese. I'd say Reese as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still. I think if you look at Hull's squad on on Saturday, they had Keenlow's Potter, they had Greaves at the back, they had Jones, they had uh, Malik Wilkes. They have players in that squad. They've done it the right way. They've gone and and uh, Louis Coyle and Emmanuel, they've gone and bought these younger, kind of the model we used to have, and I don't really know why we've gone away from it, but now, if you look at our squad, we're just age, it's just an aging squad, yeah. and the only way, this is just 2010 all over again, and look what happened there. We were mm. in League One for four years, and we were in trouble, and we eventually got ourselves out of it, but it wasn't pretty for those few years, and they lost a lot of fans during those few years. And if they're not careful, that will... Well, you saw the gate on Saturday, 10,000 in summer. Like, it's for the first game back in 18 months. People have lost the interest. There's apathy amongst the, the fan base. And I don't think it's going to change unless either the, the hierarchy leave or they change the ways. Can you imagine going on Deepdale for your first ever game on Saturday and you enter the stadium and there's... A dead bird that you see leaking roof, and you get battered four-one. What's that? What is yeah. that all about? You'd never it's get not, that. You, there's no reason for young fans of this club to want to come to Deepdale anymore because the the people of our age and the older people they're all falling out of love with it. So they're not going to encourage the their children to come on or anything. Everybody at the club just feels angry, and there's no sense of belief that we can achieve anything as a club and that's down to two men well one man in particular but if they had if we had a plan of progressing like the Barnsleys etc Brentford's then I'd have I'd be more accepting in defeat because I think at least we know we're going in the right direction if anything now every loss is just dragging us closer to an awful situation and they make out as if the Barnsley and Brentford model is some sort of like financially impossible for us. Barnsley didn't it's, spend that much more on Barnsley, than us at all. They, they just they do the recruitment right. They have a proper recruitment team. James Beat, who was part of that, that we actually brought in, and he's now not allowed to do his job properly. They have so we've actually brought in someone from them, but they have a full team of it. We have students that work in the recruitment process that do it part time to help out they don't have an actual team to do it and it's so amateur there's just no nothing about the club just fills me with confidence at the minute how many times did Barnsley like fail just to get it right and I wouldn't mind us failing if something mm-hmm. actually changed in it's trial and error years. isn't it it's trial it's and been error. failing since Day one since we got into got into this league and, and we signed I mean, proper, Wait, so, proper failing. Like if we go down to League One, things I'm not saying I'm not promising they would change, but it might finally wake the hierarchy up yeah. to realise that we are in a really, really bad position. But this yeah. is what I mean. We go down to League One, the mm-hmm. uncertainty is there. Could, mm-hmm. do you trust Trevor Hemmings and Peter Ridsdale to change their ways and then back the club? To get us promoted, and now I don't League, trust Peter. League I, don't one. Trust Peter. I don't trust Peter. No, look at League One now. That Sunderland have been in there for three, four years. So have uh, Ipswich. These clubs aren't getting out of it fast. So if we were to go down, which is a possibility this season, off what I've seen so far and the squad we have, unless they go and make signings now, then we could be there for years, and that would be catastrophic for the football club. To be honest with you. I'd, I don't really see what the amount of fans that would lose interest, considering we only get got ten and a half thousand on on Saturday for a championship game. I really think that it would be just the worst thing that could happen to us. Switch have brought in eleven new players in League One. They just brought in Kyle Edwards. Um, great signing. Great, mm-hmm. great signing. Um, I still remember his dive against us last season. Yeah. A little. <laughs> Or was it the season before? Season I can't before. even remember. Yeah, season before. Uh, yeah. Of course, they were in the Premier League last season. But um, 
This is what I mean. They brought in eleven signings, <laughs> eleven very, well, very well. brilliant signings, yeah. to try and get out of League One. I cannot see us doing that to try and get out of League One. We're, we're barely selling anyone now with League One mediocre players in our squad that we cannot get rid of to try and stay in the championship. Mm-hmm. Never mind, drop down a league and try and get promoted with the exact same players if we can't get rid of them now. Well, who? I don't actually see what clubs would want the likes of Maguire and Harrop and Ripley at the minute. And they're people that could be relied on to actually come into our side and put in performances. Like, Maguire will probably end up playing 30-plus games a season for us. And he, I couldn't see an Ipswich going and signing in. And it's just so concerning for the future. And we need to just sort it out now. And we've got... To, this is what frustrates me. We have an opportunity now to go and make a difference and and make sure that we are a championship club for next season. But at the minute, does anyone have any trust or faith in the two at the top? No. I, I think the faith for me was lost when someone gave Josh Harrop a three-year deal. After yeah. The, after, after his Ipswich loan. Yeah, after his mm. Ipswich loan. Who decided in the hierarchy to give Josh Harrop a three-year new deal on a bumper contract mm-hmm. after he could barely scrape into a struggling Ipswich side in League One. And also make, gave Maguire one. They didn't even make... No, but this is what I mean. Like, I, I understand Maguire because Maguire plays games. Josh Harrop doesn't play games. Why yeah. are we giving players three-year deals on like 10k a week that bump up the FFP? Fair enough. We've got what twenty-eight pros now. Mm-hmm. I can name I can name at least ten players who aren't good enough for any championship side. In our just to squad. be in the squad, just to even be on the bench, I, I I don't think I could name you ten players that deserve to be here at the minute. And it's concerning. So they're on big wages, these lads as well. Josh Harrop. He's on big money. He's one of our highest paid players and he couldn't even make the bench over a guy that's an ele- who's been an electrician playing for Bamber Bridge until a week ago. It's like, what other championship club does that happen to? No cha- Could you imagine Barnes? No disrespect here to Jamie Thomas because I have all the respect for him how he's got to this level and everything. But would another championship club go and take on a guy that scores two pop shots against us for Bamber Bridge? And give him a trial, and fair enough, he did all right. But is would another championship club do that? I'm not so sure they would. No, definitely. It, it, it's just it's just pot luck from us. It it screams last resort. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah. what is this to say that we can't go and look abroad like Barnsley? Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand Brexit, but we brought <laughs> Reese in. No, but it's it's true. The Brexit mm-hmm. Brexit. Barnsley is still signing players from abroad, though. Like, yeah, it's not been, possible to sign from abroad. It. Yeah, they signed so, someone from Belgium the other day. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. It's there. It's screaming out to you. Don't go domestically. Like, I understand. There's two or three players maybe that you can get domestically before either Peterborough sniffs them up or Brentford. But look, like. Barnsley, they went abroad. Daryl DK on loan. Yeah, he got them in the playoffs that season. This is and, what I mean. If, and, if we can like look abroad and bring in like one or two or even three players to put yeah. in this team, this team would be significantly better. And you'll yeah. have more. If you bring in someone from abroad, two or three signings from abroad who people probably haven't heard of, but have are young enough to have a high ceiling in their career, you'd have mm-hmm. people queuing outside that ticket office on a Friday waiting to get tickets for a Saturday yeah. night game. Yeah, and you... the make-out is impossible because of FFP. And it's just... It's just Brad lie. Potts costs 100k less than Emmy Buendia. <laughs> you're you're making brilliant... Like, and you get so much better value for money when you're not shopping in League 1 and League 2 because these clubs need the money and what Dan says there about Buendia and Potts is frightening, to be honest, because they were both signed around the same kind of time period, I'm pretty sure, same season. 
And for that to be the case, I just think it's it just shows how far behind we are as a club, and they're just they're just not with it, are they? It's English it tasks. It is. It's English tasks. What makes England the greatest team in all the land? What makes us the greatest team in all the land? We're not. <laughs> We're absolutely not. Jaden Stockley for seven hundred and fifty k. I'm sorry. I I I don't even want to speak about it. Like. Why are we signing these players? He's 26 when we signed him. Yeah, I understand we got rid of him. Was he was... Over again? David Nugent. Was he 34 he when he joined goals. us? He's got two he was, goals yeah. in two years before he signed for us. What yeah. is that? And that was our only attacking signing other than, well, Andre Green to replace a player that had scored 15 goals in half a season for us in Callum Robinson. Expected to still turn up every week and support the lads when this is happening in front of our eyes, and I think now is a time that we need to make a difference and speak about it like we are because it's getting it's awful. It's tedious, isn't it? It's 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 revolting. That's I mean, what it is. I mean, going back to Nugent though, like yeah. Nugent scored the same amount of goals as his own goals that season. <laughs> and he was our he was our striker signing for that season to replace a guy that went on to the Premier League and is now back in the Championship doing brilliant things. And he was our signing to try and replace those goals. And not forgetting we lost Nemetra and Brandon Barker that summer as well. And we brought in um, Andre Green and David Nugent to replace them three. It's just so obviously poor recruitment. And it's and who is that down to? Peter Ridsdale. I'd even say Trevor Hemmings for the Nugent signing. He couldn't even. Oh get... yeah, oh. yeah, that, that's it. I mean, oh, that, yeah, that, that was a, that was a shirt signing. That was a. That he was a could shirt not sale, get a sign. game for Tranmere Rovers in League Two. He couldn't get me. Yeah. But I, I feel <laughs> like we've been rambling on about the same things. So yeah. there is three weeks now for for the hierarchy to fix this, or we are in deep trouble this season. Yeah. We we like I understand this is the first game and maybe some of us are overreacting. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You definitely are. But <laughs> I do I do think we are safe. But the thing is, it's the same old thing. At the end of the season, we've got players running out of contracts that are big players. Yeah, um, it's not even the going down that worries me. It's more that plan for the future, like. We don't there is seem no to have, there is have no, no. That's what's the concern. The the whole maybe we are overreacting and maybe we are we will stay up and things will. But what what's the point in being a football fan and a football club if we're just happy to just be staying up? Like why is that something we're going into a season with that mentality? Like surely we should be aiming for higher and having. We should be believing that something special can happen. But if the best thing we can hope for is. And we're told we're overreacting if we uh, about it. But if we, the best thing we do is stay up. What is the point? And what's the point? Like th- this is what I'm going to make it next season. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Barnsley stayed up with the, the scruff of their neck, and they realised and they changed their entire system. They changed their entire model after Spurs. Playoffs next season. So yeah. it can be done. It can be done. So, unless there is a change of model, this team is only going one way. This this yeah. this club is only going one way. Because if you try and stay as you are with the same model that is selling high and buying absolute basement signings, hoping that one pays off, there is only one way that this club will go. Uh, it's yeah. down to League One. And then and, once we hit yeah. League One and we carry on with the same model, we'll stick there for a couple of years and then we'll be in League Two. But in, in, enough enough ranting. I think we need to uh, um, go towards the Mansfield and Reading previews. Yeah. Because I, I feel like we're going over the same things. Yeah. So, uh, we'll um, unless there's anything else for you guys to say in uh, the part two, we'll go on to the preview. Is that um, very long segment? Juicy. Um, we're now looking towards the Mansfield and Reading games. Um, Mansfield, obviously, Tuesday night game. 
I'm not sure how many tickets we've sold, but I would like to see a couple of the youngsters start that game. Give, give mm-hmm. the youngsters a go. And if they're good enough, say that Joe Rodwell Grant starts, he bags two goals, give him a chance in the Reading game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the players that are on the fringes that are senior players, they don't really, they've not proven in pre season to deserve a chance. And these Mawenis, your uh, Ethan Walkers, your Joe Rodwells, your series, give them a chance because they could make a, a case for a start in the league if they go and put in a, a top performance. I still also think that Emil Reese deserves to start as well because he mm. after his goal, you could see his confidence was absolutely brimming after that goal. Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, Ledson ran over to him like, no tomorrow, right up in his face. Rah! But it's the kind of confidence that he needs. If he gets one or two against Manfield... He will be right up there, especially for Reading away, because we all know what what he did to that uh, McIntyre. Turned Redding him inside away. out. Turned him inside out and slotted it past. So, this is what I mean. If Reese start, I'd start Reese and Rodwell Grant up top. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy with that. I think Reese needs that game time, and he's still young, and he only played a half on Saturday. So get him in there, and Rodwell. Played really well, I thought, against Wigan. He took his goal really well as well. And there's no reason why he shouldn't get a game under his belt. And also, you see him pat the badge when he scores. You know what this club means to them youngsters. Mm-hmm. Like, they're brought up in and around the area. They know what the club means to the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Rodwell has grown up with this club. He's been playing for the club for years. He's been on Deepdale for years. And those people that know what it means, because at the minute, I don't always feel like some of the players quite know what it means to us. I, I don't I don't really think there's anything more to say on the Mansfield game, to be fair, boys, because it's one of those where it's a confidence booster. Like, get the youngsters in with a couple of, couple of first-team players and give them a chance. Like, give the youngsters a chance. Let them show what they can do. Because that's how keen Lewis Potter started off. He got given mm-hmm. a small chance in the cup and he proved himself. And then you see him in the championship turning us inside out. Yeah, so def- this is what I mean. You, you give Holland Wilkinson or Rodwell Grant a goal like that and what, well, they, could, what they could give you. I remember um, Jude Bellingham's debut for Birmingham was in the League Cup in the first round. And what, what happened there? So why can't... It, not everyone's thrown into the championship straight away, but he made a case for himself in the in the cup game, and then he got him a chance in the league, and they sell him on for twenty five million. So we need to be looking at doing stuff like that and be brave. And I, I'm hoping with Frankie, he seems to be a lot more willing to give the youth a chance than Neil was, which is a positive of the appointment of of Frankie. And I hope that can continue over the next few weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, even if we um, end up selling these youngsters on, if you give them a chance and say Rodwell Grant ends up a season and scores 10 goals and then gets bought by one of the big boys, at least we can retire his shirt like Jude Bellingham did at Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> number 38, no more, no more. Quick question, um, Matt. Do you reckon number 12 should have been retired? In, uh, no, I don't, I, don't, to anyway, I, don't, I don't really understand that. I don't agree with stuff like that, to be honest. It's not. It's... What about number ten? Oh, it's a bit off topic. What about number ten at Barcelona? Messi. Ooh, uh, a bit more, bit more no. worthwhile. No, oh. ten. Number ten's the the main number, isn't it? You can't be. Nah, not for me. Main player though, isn't he? <laughs> I, I understand what you're looking at with players like this. Um, I personally want to retire at number twelve. I think it's too low of a number. But I, I do understand where you are coming from. Um, looking towards Reading, um, Reading away, I, I, I'm not attending that game. I promised myself Jeez. last time that I wouldn't do it after after staying nil-nil for 95 minutes and watching Rudd push the ball into the back of his net in the 96. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, was fly, I was flying to Barcelona the net, very next day at 6am in the morning. Weird flex. Uh, hmm. No, no, but this is what I mean. I've it doesn't get much worse, does it? 
No, but this is what I mean. I've travelled all the way down to Reading, mm-hmm. which is six hours there on the coach, sweating, losing at football cards because that that's rigged. I'm not having anything else. It's not that rigged. rigged. I have never won at football cards ever. But I have. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's all, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Coach Eileen Faithful. I'll be I'll be watching on iFollow. I'm sure a couple of you boys might be going down. Yeah, I'll be going. Can you watch it on iFollow? I don't think you can anymore. Can you not? No, I don't think you can. Is it is it gone back yeah. to where you have to be outside yeah. the country? Yeah, you have to either be outside the country or at the I'll, game. I'll, ju- I'll just fly so. back to Barcelona for the day. <laughs> so we'll have us. I think a few of us might end up going. So. We'll see but, how yeah. that goes. Fingers crossed it's a, a better performance on Saturdays. I, I'm not confident for it, I've got to say. I think I know Reading are in an embargo and a bit of trouble themselves, but I still think when you've got players like Ajaria, Swift, um, Jao, Puskas, they're still players that are on another level to the type of players we have at the minute. So even though they're in a bit of a sticky situation, I'd still really fancy them to do us by a couple of goals, to be honest. I read John Swift uh, might be questionable for the weekend, but I mean, God, he loves they've, when it does. they've still got superb players. Yeah. Um, predicted lineup boys. Who mm-hmm. was saying? Uh, obviously, Iverson's a given because yeah. rubs out. Rubs, or, unless yeah. um, some magical reason, he wants to give days. Ripley a go. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I feel I think, sorry for him. I think at right wing back. Probably you think it's going to stick to the five? Or do you think, think it'll he go to a four? I think he said the players can't really play in a back four the other day, so it'd be a shock for him to go and play that against Reading. So I think we will see a back five. Um, I think he'll go safer. Yeah, right wing back of Sepp. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go Sepp. I think he'll go Story. I would like to see Bauer in the middle over Same Lindsay. Uh, because I think Bauer was a rock during the last 18 months where he was playing. And I think Lindsay, I'm not really too convinced with him. I'd go with Bauer, but I think he'll stick with Lindsay again, which I'm not really sure why. I, I, I think right now Hughes is a given at left centre-half I, well. I thought Hughes was probably our best player on I Saturday. I thought he was super. He, he stopped Malik Wilkes. He had Malik Wilkes didn't Wilkes have a sniff. sniff all game. No. I thought... He, at left centre-back, he looked all right. And then at left-back, I actually thought he defended well. He obviously doesn't get up the pitch like Cunningham would or any other full-back in the whole division. But um, he, he was solid enough, wasn't he? And he, he, I'd keep him in there, definitely. I think he'll probably keep Greg there, even though he was very, very poor for the first yeah. half. Uh, yeah, I, think, I think Greg will stay. I still think Whiteman and Ledson will uh, play yeah, as well. I, I think they should I don't, as well. I don't think they were yeah. as bad as people making out. Ledson were gash for a couple of them goals. They were lazy, but you know you got to take into account first game. Play, play of the year, you can't, you can't yeah. keep them out, yeah. can you? I still think we could do with another like holding midfielder at some point in the window. If we obviously if we pulled our finger out, but I don't think that will happen. We need because... a Pearson. We we need yeah. <laughs> plain and simply Ben Pearson is what we're missing yes. in that team. So I um, think he will go with Leeds, and then I, I would personally in the number ten go with DJ. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I definitely. Think he's the only player in this squad with an ounce of creativity in him, and I think he came on on Saturday. He was giving out orders. He looked like to me, DJ looks like a leader on the pitch, and I feel like he's someone that the players can look up to, and he's one that will drag us forward and take the ball in and and run with it and thread those passes through and I don't care if Alan Brown's a captain he doesn't deserve to start and I'd go DJ I would and then obviously up top say say that Rodwell Grant scores two goals against um, Mansfield mm. if he starts I, I'd give him a go uh, uh, but he won't he'll be Evans and Reese. it will I'd go Reese and Sinclair because Sinclair is the only player in the side that I back to score a goal if he's in a decent position. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree as well, but the three-five-two, it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't really like, accommodate Sinclair. Really, it's like a square peg in a round hole in it. Really, when you're playing Sinclair up top, but I don't really see 
what other option we have at the minute because Evans didn't impress me on Saturday and I think Reese will be a bit of a nuisance up top and Sinclair can he can put the ball in the onion bag. So for me, you've just gotta give him a, a game. Absolutely. Can, can we not beat around the bush here, boys, as well? I know everyone says it's a three five two formation. It is a five back all day long. Yes. I've never seen it... I've never seen a more defensive three five two if he's gonna <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awful. It's, we have three attacking players. One of them's Alan Brown that doesn't know the meaning of pass forward. One of them's Ched Evans that doesn't when he gets anywhere near the goal, he shits himself. And then Emil Reese is a young upcoming player that at the minute you wouldn't back all the time. He did a good finish on Saturday, but He's not exactly a proven, definite goal scorer, is he? No, exactly. But um, obviously, I was uh, right with the uh, correct results. Maybe not scoreline, um, mm-hmm. but predictions for the Reading game, boys. Uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna come to uh, you all each. I'm gonna uh, seeing as you're our guest. Um, what score for Saturday? Um. Probably going to go for a one-all. Adam? Uh, I believe Frankie McAvoy, he'll tinker with the team on Tuesday. I reckon he'll find a few things out about the team, a few things that he he's not realised before. And maybe, you know, Rodwell works well with Reese, something along that. And I reckon he'll put out a decent size on Saturday. And Judging with the negativity online, I reckon the boys will pull, pull some out of the bag and I'm going to go a 2-1 win. Tom? Well, I hate to be this negative, but I can't really see anything but a 2-0 loss. I just think things are a bit stale. The negativity is at an all-time high and I think Reading have some good players and I was confident for Saturday, but the Reading game, I can't see anything but a 2-0 loss. I agree with you, Tom. Um, negativity is a massive thing in football and confidence is also another. When you see um, one of your players come out and say say that we need to spend money and he agrees with the negativity, then I can only see this result going one way and I'm going to say 2-1 um, ready, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hope, hopefully hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully North End pull it out of the bag. Yeah. Hate- anything else... You guys want to I hate the negativity, and I don't want people to think that we're just laying in in the club. But I feel we just tried to be honest and be truthful to our to our views. And I hope that the club can turn it around, and no one would love it more than all of us for that Absolutely. to happen. Absolutely, like we're all everyone's entitled to their own opinion, no matter what about the club's hierarchy, the club's play style of play on the field the club's manager or head coach I should say everyone's entitled to it but at the end of the day it's what matters on the pitch yeah that's I it. also but, think we are here to try and present other people's views I know some people obviously uh, they, they don't have Twitter they don't have um PNA online they don't have these accounts where they can say what they think and I think we're just you know we're just trying to present the common opinion from what we hear on the terraces and stuff like that so I, I yeah. don't think the a bit of a pinch of salt has to be taken with everything at the end of the day we could we could be completely wrong and I hope we are we could look back in six months time and we're top of the league however unlikely it is after Peter Isdale has spent 20 million on a striker and <laughs> Everything Dude. else, right? However unlikely that is, I've just seen a pig flying. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're just here to give the general opinion of fans. Yeah, and I think well, we've done a good job of that. So it's it's our own opinion. Like and that as um, well. Yeah. People listening to this, they may. If you're listening in and you don't agree, just have a say. Like we'll treat this out. Let us know your opinions because your val your your opinion's valuable. It's valuable to you and it's valuable to potentially the club because if the club gets the same opinion about one section, they'll have to change it. So let your opinions be heard. It's valuable yeah. to us as well. So absolutely because 
we're just starting off as a podcast, so we want to know how you would like us to improve and what views you would like us to talk about. So yeah. pretty much that's the end of the podcast, boys. So thank you, uh, viewers, for listening. And uh, let's hope for a positive performance on Tuesday. And just jump, jumping in, Ollie, I'd, I, on, befo- on behalf of all of us, I think we should say a big thanks for the interactions and oh, uh, the support. And the support we've had so far. Certainly, I, I yeah, mean, we literally came up with the idea on Wednesday morning. And to say we've had hundreds and hundreds of views already on uh, or listens on the podcast and hundreds of followers on the, uh, on the Twitter plenty of interactions it's really good to see and hopefully yeah we can carry on for a long time absolutely so that's that then see you next week yeah see you everyone thanks guys